It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. And so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! It is Thursday! Welcome to the ultimate Cleveland sports show. We have an empty seat today. Uh, who might be coming in later in the program? Um, who's coming in? Miles is kicking it right now with a fire hat. It's Matt Colleg, oh. the most interesting man in Cleveland. Yeah. New owner, part owner, minority owner of the Cleveland Guardians. He also has a couple of NASCAR teams. Played quarterback at the University of Akron a couple of years ago. I'll be uh, kind to Matt, really? just a few years <laughs> ago. Okay. He's going to join us. We're going to talk Guardians. In fact, the second hour of today's program, because they launched their playoff journey for 2022 tomorrow, we're going to really dive deep into the Guardians. Travis Hafner is going to join us also in the second hour. He's going to tell us about his playoff experiences once upon a time when he was a Cleveland Indian and also give us his thoughts on this Guardians team. Excellent. One of the things that I really want to talk to him about is chemistry. You know, you, you, that's the one thing in sports you can't buy. If you're the Dodgers, you can write all these huge checks and the Mets and the Yankees and all these coastal teams. But the Guardians have to find chemistry and chemistry only happens organically in the sports world. And we're going to talk to him about some of his teams that had chemistry, what it is that makes chemistry so special and so important this time of year. So that's coming up in the second half hour. Also on today's show, Aditi is going to join us. We have an incredible fact from the NFL that will make your head spin. Okay. It literally, it will make your head spin. And for some, it'll make you vomit. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, a, it's a 100% true fact. Um, it does actually pertain to our Cleveland Browns a little bit. That's uh, coming up later in the program. But first, uh, without, first I want we have a very special guest in studio. You always hear us talk about our executive producer, Steve, who is from Atlanta and comes in occasionally, about once a month, right, Steve, to sort of overlook us. So it's like the principals in the room. You remember yeah. when you'd be in yeah. class and the principal would be sitting in and everybody would be on their best behavior? <laughs> yeah. That's us today because Steve is in the building and uh, he's watching the show. I will not get he's up cracking and pee. that whip. I will not get up and pee in the middle of the show today. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Bull will not throw up in the middle of the show today. Uh, Mikey McNugget, first of all, quick reminder, don't forget to follow us on YouTube. Just uh, subscribe to our page. Also, click the notification buttons because that means that whenever the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show decides that something is big enough in the sports universe that you need to know about it instantly, you'll get those notifications. This could happen at 3.30 in the afternoon. It could happen at 8 o'clock in the evening. If there's a blockbuster trade, if there's some news that is so big that you have to hear our opinions on it immediately, we're going to go live. The only way you'll know about it is if you subscribe and you click on that notifications tab. That way you'll get the, uh, the notification button. Also, after Sunday's game, in fact, at the two-minute warning of Sunday's game between the Chargers and the Browns, it is our weekly post-game two-minute warning show. Now, here's the deal on this. So far, the show is four for four. The game has been decided. 
in the last two minutes of all of the Browns' first four games. Yep. I hope that trend continues. That means it's at least close. I'm afraid it might not. I'm afraid this one might be over before the two-minute warning. Yeah, and I do the post-game show. <laughs> I ain't lying. I'm not too optimistic about this thing <laughs> yeah. right here. But you Miles Garrett get better. We're, whenever we're all certain that it is going to go one way, it goes the other way. So, you have to watch it win. That's the two-minute warning show every Sunday during the two-minute warning of the Browns game. Uh, McNuggets, any business that you need to take care of? Anything that I missed? Oh, we just want to mention also doing a Guardians post-game show. So, after Tomorrow. Friday's game, Saturday's game, and then potentially Sunday's game, depending on situational circumstances. Right. We'll do a Guardians post-game show. That'll be G. Bush and Earl. But, but special uh, guest. Uh, uh, tomorrow's 12.07 start. Yes. Um, we're going to be on the air until 1 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to try to sneak over there for a couple of innings before I have to be back here for the 4 o'clock show. Um, but Chris Rose, did I hear you right? Chris Rose of the MLB Network, formerly of the MLB Network, uh, currently does some work for the NFL Network. Mm-hmm. He's going to join G. Bush and Earl on the Guardians postgame show. I don't know that you can have a better uh, postgame show than what we're throwing <laughs> your way right there. I mean, thanks to Chris Rose. Uh, <laughs> well, G. Bush and Earl are no slouches. I mean, come on. But Chris does know a thing or two about baseball. Yeah, slightly, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. We're we, we going to have a ball. That's going to be a blast. Hopefully, we're celebrating that win. I hope so. Um, it, all of the pressure is on the Rays coming into the series, clearly. Yep. Guardians have a better team. They have a better record. They just won uh, two of three from the season se- or from yep. the last series. They were four and two against the Rays mm-hmm. in the regular season series. But everybody knows in in baseball, momentum is that right. day's starting right. pitching, yep. and that can flip in the span of three hours. If the Rays come in here and take Game One, all of the pressure is on the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Then yep. it's a must-win Saturday and a must-win Sunday. Gosh, Game One is always big in any Huge. series, but it's it, to me in a Game Three in a three-game series. You can't get any bigger, especially when you're a young guy like McKenzie going in game two. Yes, and the pressure that puts on him. Right, and it, it basically it, it, it is a must win. Have the Rays point. announced their rotation yet? Do we know when we'll see Corey it. Kluber? I haven't seen. I it. haven't either. We'll look into that. That's I haven't gonna be, seen that's it. Gonna be I don't fun. Think, it's going to be a great series. It really is. Those those teams played three games a little more than a week ago, and they were all one run games. Two of them were extra inning games, and Kevin Cash manages exactly how Tito does. He's a Tito disciple. And it's going to be like watching two of baseball's best managers play chess with two of baseball's most inexpensive teams. And I think it's safe to say teams that overshoot what they're expected to do every year. And both with terrific, versatile bullpens. Very good bullpens. In fact, Kevin could go bullpen games if he wanted to. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did. We could see relievers third, fourth inning. One One time through the order. And then it turns over to relievers. That's why I love October baseball. There's so much more of a heightened sense of urgency. If, if there's a rally in the third inning, you got to go to the extinguisher. You, yeah. you can't let that Especially smolder. in a three-game series. Especially three, in a short well, series. So, so, so let's, talk, let's talk about this. So, we you walk to the playoffs, you can forget what happened in the regular season. That's gone. Oh, it's gone. Right. It's, it's done. done. Right? This is yeah. a whole other game. The only thing that mattered from the regular season is that the Guardians have the, the luxury of having all three right. at home. That, 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 but other than that, that, flush it down the toilet, what, it means zero. What could have your point to the, to the matter is just this. If you get off to a wrong start, this puts you behind the eight ball. Absolutely. And then you're on a scramble. I, I'll, yeah. I'll point you back to the 89 Cavaliers had beat yes. the Bulls six times during the regular season. And it meant nothing. We, we were supposed to be blown out of this playoff series. We came in here and snuck that first game, mm-hmm. and they were on their heels ever since then. It was a wrap. And then we, we were at a tactical advantage because we had nothing to lose for. I yeah. mean, nothing nothing to lose. They had everything 
to, 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 to fight for. Yeah. And You're so, playing with house money. Yeah, playing you with house money at that game. point. McNuggets, you just telling us to go? You want us to jump into no, fence I, I riders? Think, well, I want to say we're going to talk an hour of Guardians, so we're going to get to this, but we got to talk a little Donovan Mitchell in his debut last night. We got to I think you're right. It. We do. I, we don't want to overstate it. It's the preseason, right. but Jason and Brad, you guys are here. That's the perfect time <laughs> to get your thoughts on what we saw. They lost a close game. I think it was 113-112. Yeah, yeah. In matter. the first half, it's tended to be the way these teams will look, although the, yeah. the urgency clearly wasn't there. But I, I didn't see anything that made me scratch my head and say, uh-oh. Um, what's your guys' early reaction from what we so saw Jay, last I'll night? I'll let you go, and then I'll, I'll coattails mm-hmm. here. Well, I think you saw early on why the Cavs felt comfortable that Darius and Donovan can play together right? and can work well off each other. I said I, I think Darius proved he should have the ball in his hands all the time. The Cavs said, no, we have metrics, and, and we believe – Darius can thrive without the ball in his hands in the right situation. Obviously, it didn't work with Darius and Colin for a variety of reasons. Donovan is, is a different player than what Colin was. And, yeah, it's one preseason game, but I, I think last night was was symptomatic of – not symptomatic, but of proof of why yeah. they made the deal. So, yeah, I mean, all good things. No reason to believe this won't work. And I'm, I am curious now to see Darius more in an off-ball role and see uh, how he thrives – in a shooting role, really, without the ball in his hands. And I and I'll say this: so to me, uh, it was built. It was it was advertised as built. Uh, when I saw the two in the backcourt, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I think that you it is it, a clear distinction between the two. Donovan Mitchell was a go-to guy down the stretch. You can put the ball in his hand, I, and I tell you how I know this. At the beginning of the game, you know what he had on Donovan Mitchell, PJ Tucker. Yeah, PJ. Yeah. So you know what that tells you. That Donovan Mitchell is a problem. Yep. He's yeah. a problem, right? And they recognize it from the beginning. He is a problem, right? But the way I wanted to see last night was the uh, synchronization between the two. And I will just tell you what it reminded me of is my old teammates in Detroit, Isaiah Thomas and Dumars, mm-hmm. right? Because you learn wow. to share the ball together. And But I can go to you and you can get something done. I have trust in you that you can get it done. It's an awfully high bar. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I... I I see the makings of it, right? Because, you know, people around here say, well, you know, you got two little guys in the backcourt. I said, no. Donovan Mitchell. No, 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 no. Because I don't know if you saw this one play where he crossed over uh, whoever was defending him at the top. Donovan Mitchell did with the basketball. Mm-hmm. Shook him off. Took a bump down the lane. Got to the rack and laid it in. Mm-hmm. You have to have power and strength to yeah. do that, right? And so that's the one thing. Darius does not have that. That's, right. not, that's not in his wheelhouse. But now you do. You have a guy that you go to down the stretch. And when you get to the playoffs, Jason, you know this. You have to be able to put the ball in the hand of a person. Well, that can that make was a the play. element that was missing Absolutely. late last season Absolutely. in both the regular season and in the one play. I mean, they just didn't have that guy that you could say, okay, take over. And Donovan has a history of dragging his team across the line. Yeah, he's uh, done that in playoff too. games. He's done it before. Did y'all notice? Did y'all notice the level of spacing? Yes. I noticed. I just noticed that the, the court seems a lot bigger. Like when Darius had, had Garland had the ball. It seemed like they would just constrict. You know, they would tra- pick and roll. They could do anything they want. They would trap him sometimes. They would show. It just didn't seem like we had that level of space. And then a couple of times, I-, I saw him skip past the ball, and and he's open in the corner. Mm-hmm. You you look at. I'm like, oh, okay, Donovan Mitchell open in the corner now. Also, I was I'm surprised. I, I wouldn't say, shouldn't say I was surprised. But his playmaking ability, I think he got Jared Allen a couple easy dunks. He missed some lab, easy laps like yesterday. But just, I, I think those guys are going to be the benefactor of the fact that Darius Garland, he loves to get in the key, high handoffs, 
But when you look at it, the way the, the defense collapses on, on Donovan Mitchell, they're going to have a lot of layups, a lot of open shots. If you can have a guy, and, and this was, I'm curious to hear what you think. The LeBron Kyrie team, championship teams, they, Deion Waiters is a good example. They just wanted Deion to stand in the corner mm -hmm. and just wait for the ball to come to you. It, it didn't work for him. That right. wasn't really his game. JR really thrived in that role. Yeah. Dean Wade might be that guy. If you mm -hmm. could just, just go stand there and wait, just wait, and you're going to get the ball and you're going to get a wide open shot because Donovan is going to collapse the defense on him. And here it comes. All you have to do, Channing was a perfect example. Right. Channing Fry. Mm, yeah. Just stand in the corner, set your feet, and, and make Brad, do you all think that long. Dean can be that guy? Well, I think Dean's an integral part of what the Cavaliers are going for. I don't know if he's that guy, right? Because right. I, the, you're playing a three. The three is a very productive position in this league, yes, right? This is, needs not a, this, is not, this is not a serviceable. And it's hard to say we're just going to put it's you it's over It's not here. a serviceable Who guy. Who do you think is the starting three on this team on opening night? Because I don't think it's Karis LeVert. I, I, I don't think it's Karis either. I think Karis is a guy that we're going to bring off the bench. I, I, if you want my honest opinion, I think that they're searching for a guy, right? And I think the guy is not in the building right now. I just Do you don't. think that, that there's still a move well, left I, to be made? When you're making moves with Donovan Mitchell, that means you're making a move to get better. And right. if you're honest about yourself, you look at your roster, you go through the training camp, you say like, okay, let me look at these guys. But let me get again tell you this, the three position, the small forward in the NBA is a is not a serviceable guy. Do, do you think do you think they can make him into Isaac Okoro into a athletic PJ Tucker? But PJ Tucker can hit the that hits the corner three. He hits the corner three. He can hit that on a more consistent basis. But you look at the athleticism in Okoro. Can he can he play? That I think role? the only thing missing out of Isaac Okoro's game is his ability to shoot the basketball right. on a consistent basis. But his energy, his defensive prowess, the uh, the things that he brings to the table are going to be key. He's going to play a lot here, yeah. right? You're going to play a lot here. I still think that as you're putting this team together, you're looking to get better, right? And it, you'll notice after a few play uh, preseason games what you have and a few preseason practice. And if you got to go out and get somebody, well, you're already invested in Donovan Mitchell. That, but you got to go find talk somebody. Talk about how difficult that might be, though. Well, at this point, I mean, well, here, there's not falling assets. out of the sky. There's not the, the, a lot of assets. The, 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 here, when we're looking, we're not looking for NBA All Star. That we're not. We're looking for a guy that can do some things. So right. A guy that can shoot the basketball. A guy that understands his role. A guy that don't want to be bigger than he is. Do you have any ideas in mind? Well, well, here, the first thing, the first ideal is this: Do you want to pay? Because <laughs> right. these guys not coming cheap. And you've got to find somebody on the veteran minimum if you want to, but you know, you got um, it might I, be a little I, more easy to attract a player with this roster. I mean, there may you may find a guy that says I can be the missing link on this team. And if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I'll go do it. I said, I said, we this saw from, guys do I, that when LeBron from, was here. I said this from the beginning, right? You have the, the guys I saw. I don't tell me about a reason. I don't want to hear nothing about that, right? Guys like that. I said you had Mellow out there, 
you had uh, from Phoenix that just got the this Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder yeah. out here, right? right? It's a it's just a handful of guys, right? Because I'm looking for a plug and play guy. I don't need to have a guy that I have to be able to teach this, right? I need yeah. you to come in here, fill a role. And the other thing is, I need to keep you honest. And not against Dean Wade, right? I like Dean's effort, but he's not a guy that's going to keep me honest off Donovan Mitchell, can, right? Can can you let me ask you this? I mean, maybe I'm I'm sipping my uh, little coffee here, and I mm. might be in left field. Right. Um, can, can Mobley play the three? I've said for a year. If Evan can play the three, you go from being an all-star to a transcendent Kevin Durant class. I really believe that. Yeah, but but the but the pushback has always been no, he's yeah, not. Yeah, so, I mean, do you really so, want to do that? So, right. here, here, so here's the deal: the three, right? And Evan is evolving. Yeah. So his game is nowhere near where it's going to be at the end. Until he learns to put the ball on the floor at the three, mm -hmm. right? We can't have you at the three. No. No, we cannot. We just cannot. Right. And they don't the, want him guarding the three for right. long stretches. The three, right. the three is no, you talk, wear here. You're talking to a three. So let me tell you my matchups on the three position when I was playing. This is my nightly matchup. Julia serving mm -hmm. Larry Bird, <laughs> Dominique Wilkins, Bernard King, <laughs> Keith Vandeway, hey, they James Worthy. You got buckets. Mark Aguirre. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I got to go back and get that film. You might have been you getting some buckets on you. Yeah. And it's the same caliber of player in today's game that he would be matched and up with on a nightly then, basis. And then on the other side of the ball, when Doug Collins was the coach, he was like, when I got to Chicago, he was like, oh, no, no, no. You're bringing the ball up. You got it. That means you initiating the offense. That means when we take it out of bounds, they're not going to Paxson on, on the yeah. point. You're bringing it up on the dribble drive. Right. Right. And so I got yeah. all 94 feet. Somebody hawking you. Yeah. You better be able to put that ball yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Right? So that person has to be like that. Sure. Now, I will say this. It's a little bit less more in Cleveland because you got Darius and, and Donovan Mitchell. But that three... He better be able to stroke that thing. He better be able to score. Yeah, there's right? a lot that that guy needs to be able to mm -hmm. do. I think I don't think they're going outside. I think what you see is what you have with this team. I, I think they yeah. want to see what they have. Is that your gut, or are you getting some intel? Both. That says, okay, both. Uh, yeah. I think right. they're going to stay with what they have. Right. I, I think it's Okoro probably is the three for right now. He's the guy that could be that ideal, stand in the corner and wait for it, but he can't shoot. And I don't think it's coming. Like right. this is and who he is. If that's the case, and it, it likely is, if that's the case, we we know this whole. This this is an experiment, and it's a project in the making. And I, I think that we all kind of tempered enthusiasm for this first year. Yeah. Let's see what we have. Let's see how the pieces fit together. Mm -hmm. Perhaps that player will emerge from this roster. Just likely won't be this year. Yeah. You just need a you need a guy who can defend the spot. That's all you that's need. The, you that's the that's the biggest everywhere. part. Of so this. it really yeah. to me it comes down to Okoro or Dean Wade. JB loves to go big. So maybe Dean play, goes back to that three bigs lineup. Right. It, it's one of those two guys. I'm leaning Okoro, what, but it, what, uh, to me, it's one of those two. What you can, I know we got to move on, but what you cannot have is somebody play off the three that becomes a rover that says, oh, I don't have the guard right. these ones. I'm going to flood Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to flood Darius Garland. I'm going right. to shade off of them. You cannot have that because that becomes a problem for Mitchell Absolutely. Or, or Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland. So I think the early returns are, at least from my standpoint, I was I was very excited about what we saw last night, yeah. and there is incredible optimism for what this oh, team so can huge, become. Huge upside yeah. coming this way. Huge. All right. Um, we got to get to fence questions. Fence questions. Get We're not How many do we have? Here. Six? We have six. All right. We could go through a couple pretty quickly. Okay. To recap the game. It's a yes or no question. No unanimous. No, we had, we do have two unanimous. Oh, we do have two. Except one of them you guys are all wrong on. <laughs> you, got, you guys are all wrong. It won't be so. the first time, McNuggets. No. According so let's to get into who? first question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will Nick Chubb score more touchdowns than Austin Eckler? 
We don't have Maurice to be the deciding factor, so let's just see yeah, the Yeah, well, we should say Maurice is actually uh, becoming a father he again is. today. His, yes. his wife is um, delivering uh, from C-section, so our thoughts are with Maurice. Congratulations, good luck, and um, he is certainly suited for that job well as he yes. sits today. Okay, so what do we have? Let's see the answer, Steve. A 3-2 split. We have Bolin here, by the way. He's not here to argue with Brad and J uh, Jason, but they do think Nick Chubb scores more touchdowns, G and J. A little more pessimistic. You want to go? Uh, yeah, I just think he's going to be more involved in the, in the uh, pass game. Eckler will. No knock against Nick Chubb, uh, but when you look at it, Eckler has an opportunity to score in the goal line. Uh, he has an opportunity to score in, in the pass game, and I think Nick Chubb gets into the end zone. But I'm just a little pessimistic if if you know there's a, there's a touchdown limit on Nick Chubb according to Stefanski. If he gets one touchdown. You know, we can't just give him the ball again because no, that would be way, way too many touchdowns. We're trying to, we got, spread, we're the trying to spread that out yeah. with our tight ends. We got a couple of reverses. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I just, I, I do it on uh, touches, and I think Eckler is used properly in within their offense. I think he's used um, more so than the Browns use Nick Chubb. Uh, it doesn't mean I think that Chubb is better than Eckler. I just think that he's used in, in well, the way he should be used. And our guy is not. And based on what I saw inside the 10 last week, yeah. um, we'll probably throw it every time. We threw it 7 out of 10 plays inside the 10 last week. So if that nonsense continues, I don't see how Chubb can well, score more I'm than that. I'm going to be awful surprised they don't run Nick Chubb 25 times. He's not going to get 25. Well, then he then never gets 25. Then, no. then, 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 I think he's then, on a hard 20 carry count. So they don't run him 25 times, Jason? We're going to have a dissection here on Monday. How many times yes, in his are. career has he gotten the ball? Let, let me, I don't know. Maybe once Sometimes in this business, the, the, sometimes in this business, you just have to learn that it's okay to go with what appears to be the answer. Who said, you said this. You said this <laughs> yesterday, right? You said that um, you said that he thinks you think he is on a pitch count. With I Tom. do. Now, I confirm <laughs> that. I was on I was on the internet pirating videos for one of my videos. <laughs> pirating videos. And so my man allegedly, allegedly. Uh, I was hey, real quick. How many times do you think he has over twenty five carries in his career? Once, maybe twice. Twice. I'd, I'd say three. Two. Two is two. the correct answer. Twenty eight is the most carries he's ever gotten in a and, game. And, he, he and was, who was the coach, McNuggets? That was in 2018. Now, okay, in, so it wasn't Stefanski that so, did it. So, and so I was on. It was NFL top 100. And Stefanski, they're talking about how cold Nick Chubb is. He's a beast. You know how they do the top 100, go around the, around the league. And they cut into like some – he was mic'd up. And Stefanski goes, hey, guys, how many touches has Chubb gotten so far? And, like, I'm like, you're right. This dude really be monitoring these touches. He does not – I think he's definitely on a pitch count. Man, we was in Jerry's world in Dallas. They'd run him like they ran Ezekiel Elliott. Well, that might be. You know what though? I mean, that might be why Zeke seems to be out of gas. Well, but the problem is, I don't you, know. You, you have you have a, you have a quality reserve here. Here, this is this is unique, Jay. We have a hampered team for eleven games. Yeah, <laughs> right for eleven games. Right. So we cannot be doing the same thing we did last year. Right. We have to survive just the eleven. That's the key. Yeah. When you look, he's he's got eighty-one carries this season, four games. That's uh, twenty. He's, Point two five carries per game. If you go back to last year, um, and I'm just looking at his, his carries, 9, 12, 17, 23, 17, 8, 22, 14, 16, 21, 21, 22, 11, 15. I think Not the, good enough. the evidence is pretty clear. You want to hear a crazy stat He's on quick? a pitch count, yeah. 
In his three most carry games, he has not broken 100 yards. That's interesting. That's that's interesting and to me. And for the record, he's third in the league in carries. Yeah, I, I mentioned that so yesterday or Monday. not like he's... And he's only three behind leading. He's I only think, three. Yeah, Saquon's 80, got 84. 84 and he's got Nixon's 81. Nixon's got 82. Him and Jonathan Taylor each have 81. Derrick Henry has 76. And yeah. well, I will... I will so, say, it's not like he's well, not no, getting the ball. Well, no, but I'm saying this. We're in a different situation than other teams. I agree with you. <laughs> we are like, totally normally, different situation. Normally, you... We don't have any hitters except for Tubb. Yeah, they've got those, those teams... Well... Well, the Giants really don't have a lot of. I was just going to say, I mean, look they, at the Giants so quarterback. So Saquon or Bust for Saquon the Giants was too. Quarterback last week. I know he was. Their guys got hurt. So yeah, carries right away. I know. We got into the next question, so we get them all in. Okay. Here. Next question, Steve. Will the Browns' defense hold the Chargers to less than 330 passing yards? This was not unanimous. It was a three-two split. Let's see it, Steve. Okay, wait. We're going to get to it. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Wait, there we go. Wait for it. <laughs> Brad and G teaming up here. Jay and Jason say no. I just go back to last year. It was a fantastically entertaining game. 47-42. Baker actually played really well for three and a half quarters. Where have you heard that before? (laughs) Well, you haven't heard that this year. (laughs) No, you haven't heard that this year. Take that three and a half. They would take that in Carolina right now. And and Herbert, I just don't see them slowing Justin Herbert. I don't either. I'm not going to say they slowed him down. I think he'd get like 317. I think he gets 317, 320, maybe three touchdowns. But here's the thing. I mean, 300 is 300. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you said he threw for 307 average. That's still a lot of yards. 300 is the benchmark for yeah. a good game. Yeah. I'm on the side of you, but I'm like this. At some point, I got to think the defense got to be thinking like, yeah, I'm, we, I'm, I'm tired of you. I've been thinking that every week. It's sand in my face. So yeah. somewhere, and, somewhere has some material. Until they stand up and prove that, I'm yeah. going to keep betting I, look, against them. Were you in when Tyvis sat in that chair and said, 1,000% guaranteed this is fixed? No, I wasn't That was there. before game three. I would have stopped that. They <laughs> are who they are at this point. Yeah. I tell people, it's five weeks. This ain't no Sam Small I don't sample. agree with that, with the, I, they are who they are. Look at last year. It was all the way to the Patriots game when they got destroyed. And then the second half of the season, the defense played great. Uh, well, I'm talking about Joe Woods. Uh, same, I'd uh, make he, the same he, argument. He has, they were well, terrible last year. You they can't were have that every year, though. You can't I agree. Awful for the first time. I totally agree, but I'm just saying I don't. I'm not ready to say they are who well, they are. It's they, been four out of seven. For me, they are who they are. That means you're inconsistent. You do it one half. Inconsistent teams don't win in the playoffs. No. That's what we in any sport. Well, what's scary to me is when Tyvis broke that play down yesterday. You, you, how many defensive snaps will they see on on Sunday? Seventy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, okay. It just takes one. Yeah. It just takes one. And we've seen that this defense has had multiple great breakdowns in two of the four games. And they had the colossal breakdown on Sunday. And I asked Tyvis point blank, is this scheme or execution? He said it's execution. And that, to me, unless they start changing out the guys that are playing, and we, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. These are the same guys that have been trotting out there every week, making these one mental blunder. If you make one in 70 plays, it's like the pitcher that throws a tube shot and gives up a solo home run and loses one to nothing. Right. It's, it just takes the one. You had, last week you had guys out of position. Aren't all used to day playing. long. I wonder if Jacob Phillips will be better this time around. Now he's got one game under his belt. I don't know. But Anthony Walker, Miles Garrett, and Jadavian Clowney are three massive losses they are. off that yeah. defense. They are, but they're not, you know, we, we don't know. I guess Clowney doesn't look very good for him. Sounds like a high ankle sprain for him. And yesterday, at least Miles Garrett was out on the practice field. They've got to get, they've got to get him back. Yeah. It's that simple. Question number three. 
Let's take it, Steve. Will Amari Cooper and David Njoku get more targets than Mike Williams and Gerald Everett? This was a unanimous answer, so let's just see. I don't it. remember what I answered. Everyone said no. No. I mean, Which I, means I, you think the Chargers are going to throw the ball around left right, and right here. Well, well that's what they do. All right, we're going to sling it. And our strength is clearly running the football. So. We don't say, hey, we can, we can move on because that's not the one you guys are all wrong about. This next one is where you guys are all wrong. Okay. According to who? According, According to McNuggets. To <laughs> Will the Browns rush for 160 yards as a team? Let's see the answer. I'm going to tell you why you're all wrong. Because if the Chargers start slinging the rock around and it forces the Browns to play catch-up, I understand that this team's built on the run. I don't think Stefanski's confident enough to stick to what works as we've seen what he's done in the red zone, that they're going to throw the ball a lot. And when they're throwing the ball a lot, you don't run the ball a lot, meaning you're not going to rush for 100 I just right. looked at the Chargers' run Chargers defense is trash. Yeah. Yeah, they've Crash. been gashed a lot. So, I'm, unless it's a three-score game. Right. Yeah. And, and and it's a two-score game in the fourth quarter. He better keep running the football. Yeah. Because That's, the well, matchup is you've got a bad run defense. Well, other, Why would you use your weakness against what is their strength? The other thing is Brissett is not built to sling the ball around. He's just not. We no. cannot have him slinging 30 times. If, we cannot. If, 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 he, if he comes out slinging the rock like we like we the – uh, run and shoot Houston Oilers and old AFC Central. I, I'm going to have to say it's time for you to pass your sheet up. You go, go ahead, give it to your boy Van Pelt. I I, I can't watch that because he, you that would mean that you blatantly disregard yeah. what is best for the team just so you can run what everybody who has a pair of eyes knows what you should be doing. But if you come out here and want to throw the football around with a backup quarterback, one receiver and a bunch of journeyman cats or six rounders or gadget people, people are gonna look at you like you crazy. I gotta I gotta re-examine what your viability is as a play caller if you come out here throwing the football. You've got two you've got two thoroughbreds right. on your offense. Anthony, find They're my in the graphic, please. Just yeah. run them. <laughs> Just run them. Don't run a quarter horse if you got a thoroughbred. Run the ball, Kevin. Run it. Yeah, please run the ball. Run, run, run. Would now, if it's a three, it. if it's twenty-one nothing with three minutes to go in the first quarter, it's a wrap at that point, and they probably will start throwing, 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 throwing. But they're not going to have any success. If no. You, if you go to the burger joint, the burgers, the same burger chain, and the burger chain, the same burger chain, the hamburgers, a dollar selling over and over in this city. You go to another city, it's a dollar over there, and a dollar on the south side, dollar down in the state of Ohio. The hamburger is a dollar. That's what it is. Yeah, right? right. Stop looking for something else. Just pay the dollar. Wow. I hope we don't get into that scenario. And I hope you're wrong. With nuggets. I hope I'm wrong, too. Yeah. I just uh, my gut aligns with what you guys are thinking. This may not be as close in the fourth quarter as uh, I think things. I think you're going to be surprised. I really do. do you? I well, think look, it's going to be. You're the only one that said that they would lose last week. And we all said they're going to win. I think. I you think said you're no, be, it's I think L. you're going to be surprised by how competitive this game is. I think Browns have a pretty good chance to win it, actually. They had a chance to win every game. Uh, uh, I, 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 I agree with you. Go ahead. We got two more. These are not unanimous. Let's take the next one, Steve. Will Jacoby Brissett throw half as many touchdowns <laughs> yeah, as like Justin that. Herbert? And let's see the answer. 3-2 split. Brad, you say no. Let you start first. Nah, because the touchdowns are coming off the ground, right? I just, I, listen, Jacoby's great in these little short passes here and there. I'm not looking for him to target me in the end zone. Maybe if I get close, he might throw one. But Herbert's going to be slinging that ball, right? Mike Williams is going to be catching balls. They just are because that's how they're built. 
and we uh, uh, we on the other side when we get to slinging it too much it becomes a problem right but if you run it off the sheet G and just saying okay I got seven passes I got to do here four runs here and you just saying statistically I'm running off the odds off this sheet you can't play paint by numbers in this game it just doesn't work Chargers are banged up. Herbert's banged up. Give me two and one. I'll give you. I'll give Herbert yeah. two and, and Jacoby. If all, all they got are two touchdowns, I think the Browns have a very good chance to win. All, I just think all they got to do is all two. they got to do is throw for one. I think if you can say he gets two. Now if he throws throws for three, he still got you got to throw two touchdown right. passes. Which now it's getting finished. Can we get one and a half? One and a half, one and a half, baby. <laughs> like yeah. there's, there's an extra point to it. If they go for two, does that count? Here's what scares me the most about this matchup. We've seen four quarterbacks this year right Baker is likely to be benched soon if they had a, any kind of backup option he would be benched already Man. Flacco is no longer starting in New York right you had uh Trubisky for the Steelers He's he benched. is benched and you had Marcus Mariota who is what he is now you get all of a sudden you go from four lower tier quarterbacks yeah. in the league some of those guys might be below number 32 in right. the league now you get the guy who's number upper, one. Upper tier. And so if those guys were able to look at their coverage breakdowns and go, oh, my God, this is stealing. I'm thinking that what we have learned to be breakdowns that the teams have exposed, be more there fun. might be a lot more that's exposed with a great quarterback in Justin Herbert who has a quick processing mind, has the arm to deliver the ball when he sees what's going on, I mean, we may have three or four breakdowns. Everything that lead to you're touchdowns. saying makes perfect sense. It's totally logical, and you'd be foolish not to agree with it. You, I just think that they're gonna. If, if I think they're gonna look at everything you just said and said we have to be like, you know, maybe they didn't think that they had to be as sharp in the pass defense. We'll see more man, won't we? Uh, you, have, you have to be concerned. This judgment day, Fla Flacco saw it. Remember the comments he made on Silent Hill? I know. Just hold on. Yeah, we, we know it's, it's there. It's, we know it's, we can it's, get it. It's, it's Flacco coming. told it to Aditi, who we'll get to it, after this it, last question. We've got to get to the last question. Yeah, okay, so what Steve, is it? Let's get to the last question. This is my favorite. Will the Browns have more sacks as a team than rushes allowed of 15 or more yards? We saw the Falcons torch him on the ground last week. Let's see the answer. It is not unanimous. And Jason, wow, you will start you because are so you are optimistic, James. the optimistic one. I'm, and I never get called the optimistic. No, one. I know. Although last week, you're the only one that said, that, well, they were going to lose. Yeah, I, we, I, I just think they're going to be locked in. I really you do. do. They're back All home. Right. I'm telling you, the Chargers are beat up. Herbert shouldn't even be playing. Like, his rib is so jacked up, he shouldn't be playing. But I he just, played better last week. Look, yeah, I know. But I just, I think that they got embarrassed last week. And I think it's probably better for them this week that they lost last if week. If they don't, if Miles Garrett is not on that field, Clowney's not on that field. I think you're going to get one of them back. If you get one Garrett, of them back, likely, right? if you get one of them back, I'll give you thumbs up, right? You might get that off. Without him, this game is laughable on the ground. I'm afraid you're right. Laughable. Yeah, I'm afraid These guys right. up front, them rookies, Rochelle. I told you what I feel about Rochelle. He's a practice squad. No, guy. no, I'm talking about the girl I had a crush on in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. That Rochelle, and she's better than this Rochelle. <laughs> Come on. I see this guy. Listen. Well, what did you say? Did, was it you that told us yesterday? Someone told us yesterday that the collective average of the PPF grade 20. on the defensive line was in the 20s. 20s. It's low. It's very, very 20s. low. 20s. That's unheard you of. You get 15% just for breathing. They'd be like, you got a pause? Cool. You got a heartbeat? 
Yeah, go ahead. You got he got high blood pressure. But extra five hey, points. Extra five points. <laughs> that gets you to twenty. That gets you like the SATs where you got two hundred points for just writing your name. That's it. These guys, these, it's, it's bad up front, bro. But you're making the mistake in the NFL of believing that what happens this week is what's going to happen next week. And we've been, how many times have we no. seen that's not the case? That is very true. That is, I mean, it's, it's a week-to-week league, I, week league more now than ever before, in yeah. my opinion. Well, well here, I, I, in a way, I kind of <laughs> see what you're saying, but another way here, let me tell you what I've seen since the preseason. They've had busted coverages every week since the I preseason. I know. That part has been consistent. <laughs> All right. That part so, has been consistent. That's not physical. That's not here. They'll probably, they'll probably have one again Sunday. Uh-huh. They probably yeah, will. Yeah, they, they will. Uh, but they're not the only team. Like, there's busts all no, over but, the but NFL. No, but they are far and but away the that, league leader in busts. They, they, they've got, got, even they've got a lot so of players. That is symbolic of a problem. Yeah. Because it's not getting corrected. Let's bring in Aditi. Aditi, yep. um, yeah, I don't know if you how long you've been on with us, but... Uh, the, the general consensus here is it's not going to be pretty at First Energy Stadium. Although Jason believes that, you know, the consensus is wrong. What's your 30,000 view, foot view of what's going to happen Sunday? I, what do you think? I tend to lean a little bit more towards what Jason is saying. Come on in. The water's warm. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, okay, look, Jacksonville – went out to LA and did a number on the on the Chargers and hello it's time to start playing good defense as much as you want to talk about Jacoby Brissett and whether he's going to match up with Justin Herbert that's not the key here this is a defense that is constructed to be amongst the NFL leaders in how you play defense and they're not playing defense i mean that really has been the most i don't know below par part of what the browns are doing here Run the ball, play good defense, you're at home, protect your home. And I just, it's this whole idea of what's a winnable game and what's not a winnable game. It's funny because I just had this conversation with someone. From the outside, when I say someone, I mean an NFL player. From the outside, you might sit here and say, oh, well, those weren't great quarterbacks and this is a great quarterback. But if you're a professional athlete, if you're a professional football player, you better believe every single week when you take the field that that is a winnable game. You don't get into all these conversations of, well, this is how Mitch Trubisky compares to Justin Herbert or this is how Marcus Mariota compares to Tom Brady. You believe when you step on the field that you can win, and you should. And so this is a home game. The same way that you're saying Justin Herbert deserves all this, like, oh, my goodness, he's Justin Herbert. Well, doesn't home field mean something? Doesn't that count for something? Well, Didi, let me. I think the people on the other side um, are a little apprehensive because we've seen blown coverages going back to last year. So I guess what my question is, what makes – People think that there that, that that is corrected, and then that won't rear its ugly head in the fourth quarter again. Gee, nobody's going to think that until it actually happens. I mean, that's just the reality. We can sit here and talk as much as we want. We can say we believe in this secondary. We don't believe in this secondary. At the end of the day, those are the guys that are taking the field. It's time to put up. Like that's it. That's what I'm saying. You're four games into the season. You're a quarter of the way. Basically, how do you divide 17 by four? Like, what yeah. is it like? It's the end of the, the butt, first Didi, quarter? It makes no sense. Yeah, at the first yeah, quarter, okay. you'll be at so the quarter. Yes, that's exactly it. After the first quarter. 
Right. Oh. It'll officially be a quarter of the way to this season. Right. We make all sorts of excuses early in the year. Okay, well, training camp is not the same. There's no more two-a-days. This is why tackling is awful. This is why quarterbacks and receivers need to kind of iron out their chemistry because they never actually play together in the preseason. We do all of that for the first month of the season. Okay, the first month is over. Now is the time to play like the contender that you are constructed to be. And... We've talked about Miles Garrett and we've talked about Jadavion Clowney and that nobody foresees this. But hey, there was a year where Tom Brady didn't play for the Patriots and what did the Patriots do with Matt Castle? There was a year that Ben Roethlisberger was out and the Steelers nearly went to the playoffs with Duck Hodges. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you get to suit up the same number of guys, show up. Like, that's it. I just feel at this point, it's time for this defense to show up and you're at home and you have the crowd behind you. You can't just sit here and tread water until Deshaun Watson shows up. Well, I, let me say, let me say, Aditi, I, I agree with you in theory, right? That that's how it in should work. It's how it should work. But the reality of it is, when you talk about home, right? There's some places that you don't fear going into the place because it's not a tough place to play. Until you establish that, as a, like you go to Three Rivers, well, it's not Three Rivers anymore. Yeah. Hinesfield, that's a tough place. It's not Hines anymore. Not even Hinesfield anymore. That's a tough place. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah it it's a tough place. That right? place in Pittsburgh. And so I, I would just tell you that, um, in theory, right, they should be stepping up because you four games of the season. Here's the deal: step up and be a pro. Right. Well, guess what? If you got mismatched as players, they might not have the talent to do that. Right. Because what I saw last okay. week was I saw I saw a team get bull rushed, stampeded on up front. I can't win anything like that. Agreed. Until that gets corrected, right? Until it gets corrected, you're going to have nothing. Nothing, right? And I think the people I, the people on my side of it who are looking at it from the outside, because I'm, you know, I'm just an NBA guy, right? But I'm not stupid, right? There's certain things that happen in sports that are consistently have to be done in order to win. And when I don't see that, I don't care what sport you're in, what profession you're in, you're going to struggle. And what I see right now, until the things get corrected over there, right? Till you call a spade a spade, you're going to be a 500 or just below 500 team. This is where we're headed to, right? But I don't see that. It's just like the defensive front, the, the, the Togi and them up front. That ain't going to happen, right? No. Go get me somebody because it's a problem. It's putting pressure on the other people. My linebackers are light. They're light, mm. right? You let a guy off the practice squad run you down the field in Atlanta yesterday. I mean, last Sunday. So what did we do this week to correct it? That's where I have a. That's why. That's where my issue is. Will we make the steps necessary? Do the things necessary to change the tide of this team? If we don't, well, five hundred. Look, less than so, 500. so much of this. So much of this is just mentality, and it doesn't matter if it's basketball. Go ask the Detroit Pistons back of oh, I'm, in I, your I, generation. You talking to a piston? To talking to a piston. You talk well, to that's what I'm saying. <laughs> talk to the Pistons. Talk to Pat Riley, who had the Knicks. There's a level of physicality that you need no matter what yeah, well, the sport is. I agree with you. And sometimes the way that you play up front is all about a mindset. Yeah. I also completely, totally agree with you. I want to say something about home, though. Yeah. First Energy Stadium has all of the ingredients to be one of the toughest home environments. That is a ridiculously loyal and rabid and no loud question. fan base. The winds that swirl there, the environment there that is so unpredictable. That should be one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. It's a travesty that it hasn't been. So much of that has had to do with the players that were on the field. Well, now you don't have that excuse. 
this should be a tough place to play. This should be a home that is defended. But I completely agree with you on the physicality, and I agree with you about the line. And this is what we talked about with the defensive tackles in camp, that it was a young group, but that they seemed to have that hard-nosed mentality, that they were hungry, that they were physical. You're right. Let's see more of it. You shouldn't be letting people run on you. I don't care. Especially backups. Yeah. <laughs> she's she, she spot on right, right. but it, it requires at some point somebody take control of the reins, right? This is where we are. And I'm not one for making excuses for people. You wanted them to go out and get right. the Dominican Sioux this week, didn't you? Here, you got some, here I'm going to give you just a, a, a quick line. You got some people on the team that couldn't play dead at a funeral. Seriously. They couldn't play dead at a funeral. I just don't. I just when, when you running up and down the field, I don't. I don't see now. It, you know, everybody doesn't have to be a rah rah guy. Everybody don't got to be drive through a fence. But but you got to have at least one. I don't see one person not from the coaching staff that's animated. I don't see nobody on the defense that when they give it a place that's animated. I don't see nothing. Nobody is in anybody's face. Brad, does the team ever. need that fire when you when when, yeah. when you were in the NBA? Were you when your teams were winning and you were on a lot of winning teams? Was that a necessary component to being successful? The guy that would stand up and get everybody's attention when the building was on fire. It's an integral part of winning. You have to have people like that. You period. I don't care. Listen, this is not a nice business. It's just not right. You have to have some. So in Chicago, Charles Oakley in Detroit, Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer. Udonis has them right now you, for the heat. You saw what he told Jimmy Butler last right. year when Jimmy Butler was acting a fool on the sideline. I will whoop your butt right here <laughs> doing the game. Facts, right? You have to have that. Got and, to. and I'm not saying that it's not occurring there. We're not seeing we're, it. We're not seeing it, and it's not translating out on the field. I think that's the best point Tyvis made yesterday was there was nobody on that defense. When they were getting their ass whipped by the yeah. Falcons on that drive, there was nobody out there who could go, all right, come here. What are we doing? What is going on? Somebody put their foot in the ground right now and make a play. And I think it was probably because of the fact that all the guys that they were missing up front that we were talking about, Miles Garrett, uh, Jadavian Clowney, Anthony Walker is a huge loss that seems to get overshadowed with some of the other guys. So who is that guy? Who's that guy who's going to emerge and say, this cannot happen again? Jason, I just, uh, to to Dee's point, (laughs) I just thought about something. You always have to have a guy. You know who that guy is? The guy that's willing to fight you. Right there on the spot, right? You know who I, comes to mind for, for I, me? I, Steve I, Smith. Remember Steve Smith when he was with Oh, yeah, Carolina? yeah, yeah, with Carolina. <laughs> no, no, Aditi. Hold on. You, you I, saw, I saw it last night. Did you see what happened last night in Golden State? Yeah. Draymond. Draymond said, I'm going to whoop you, Jordan Poole, right here. Yeah. Yes, I am. Now, I'm going to do you right now, here. Aditi, how many, you go back to your Pittsburgh days. They had like five of them. Oh, my God. They had five guys. <laughs> Harrison, they, Joey Porter. They had all these guys. Cam Hayward is, is still one of them dudes. They got five or six of them. Do you see any of those comparable players over they not as animated as they was in Pittsburgh? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
You know, it's funny because that was a point of conversation maybe a year ago that maybe the Steelers didn't have the same nasty. They didn't have the same edge that they did at some point. But I mean, Cam Hayward is a guy. It's funny. I just, I was with Chris Wormley who plays defensive end for the Steelers last night. And we were exactly talking about this, how in this charity softball game, Cam Hayward wouldn't let me run to first base. I mean, he literally elbowed me out of the way so I couldn't beat out this grounder. And Wormley says to me, I, I mean, it's a great story. I hit this weak grounder to short. Kenny Pickett's playing short. Kenny tries to do me a solid and throws the ball behind his back, pulls Cam Hayward off of first base just so I could get there. And Cam races to get the ball, then elbows me out of the way to get to first base before me. And I'm telling the story to Wormley, and Wormley goes, you know, I think that Cam would do the same thing to his three-year-old daughter. I think he would do the same thing to his mother. And <laughs> there are guys like that. I mean, I think about Antonio Brown having three Ravens tackling him on Christmas Day short of the goal line. Yeah. Antonio Brown ran over every single one of them, including Eric Weddle, to get in that end zone. And it was He'd run over his own mother to get in the end zone. Who on the Browns can you say that about right now? Who's got that competitiveness? So, Aditi, I I see the same thing you see. So, you have a guy that's out on the free agent market, that's out here sitting in a... And Dominican Sue is a nasty dude. Just follow him. He's a nasty dude, right? We need a nasty here. We do. No, you're right. It's not going to be JOK. No. It's not going to be Phillips. It's, 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 it's that famous video from the college coach who was ta- telling the media, we need more dogs in here. Yeah. We, we need more dogs. You know, and I'll give you dogs. Jay. I'll give you something else because it's interesting. Robert Sala with the Jets has been very, very honest about that, that one of the things that he felt when he came in was that he needed a roster of, uh, to your point, dogs, guys that love the game of football, guys that are ridiculously competitive about the game of football, and that that has been part of the process is getting a mindset in there, a collective mindset. And so to what you're saying, you know, this is kind of – it's funny because this is an argument I've sort of had – I hate to say with Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin doesn't waste time arguing with me, but I've kind of like publicly said Mike Tomlin and the Steelers don't like to bring in veterans that are on a third contract, right? Like they like young players. They like their own. They want to grow and develop their own. And then maybe they'll sign somebody who's on their second contract. They don't like older guys. And I remember when I first came into Pittsburgh, the Steelers were eight and eight. They were eight and eight. What I felt was missing was that veteran leadership. And a few years later, I remember talking about this with Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, that they needed a Thomas Davis, that they needed a guy who maybe wasn't playing at the same level as he once did, but he brought a professionalism, an attitude, a nasty to the locker room and taught young guys. And so maybe I can't give you... 60 snaps. It's like the Ravens bringing in Jason Pierre-Paul. They don't want 60 snaps out of him, but they want 25, and they want all the other stuff that he brings. And so I think I agree with you. I think there's there's an argument to be made there that a roster construction isn't only about the 53 most talented guys that you can get. That sometimes it's about getting the guy that only gives you the 20, 25 snaps, Mm -hmm. but gives you so much more in the lunchroom and the locker room. But I'll also tell you, I've had lots of coaches who make way more money than me and that are obviously the experts at this disagree. I mean, I... I, I, Yeah. It it, seems obvious to me. It It seems obvious to you, obviously. Earlier this week, too, you made the point that, you know, sometimes we get it wrong when we're on the outside 
and, and we do right. have to say, we don't know what's going on. There may be five dogs in there that, we, that, that stand up at halftime and scream and yell and shout. At the end of the day, we're just not seeing it. That doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And it doesn't also doesn't mean that every team has to have one of those. But Indomitian Sue is a guy who's out there, who's been linked to the Browns, who plays a position that we are woefully weak at. Are you hearing anything at all in terms of discussions about bringing this guy in? And that is a guy, by the way, that is dog to the core. You know, I have to be honest with you. I haven't even checked in on that. So I hate to sit here and act like, oh, I have or oh, I haven't because I truly haven't checked in. But to your point, we don't know what his health status is. It's not at all that the Browns are afraid to make moves. We know that this is I mean, look at how quickly they uh, picked up Farrell Brown. And they are so deep at tight end and feel so good about their tight end room. So Andrew Barry's never been afraid of doing something like that. There may be more at play than we are privy to. We don't know. You know, oftentimes, too, I'll tell you this, a veteran might want to play, but he doesn't want to play for less than X amount of money. And I've had this conversation with many players who think that they can still play, but I'm not signing for less than $6 million. I'm not signing whatever that number is. So there could be some of that at play as well. I just, the fine line, and this is another one that I'll, again, because I had this opportunity to talk to Chris Wormley of the Steelers yesterday, outside, whether it's the media or the fans in the city of Pittsburgh, they think the sky is falling. Like, oh my gosh, this is the worst offense ever. And oh my gosh, this is terrible. And oh my gosh, this. Chris Wormley was like, we are literally this close. Like, we are so close to getting it right. And how many times have you heard a coach say, it is a fine, fine line between winning and losing, or it is a game of inches? And I know that they sound like cliches, but it really, truly is. Sometimes that's all it is. It's one inch. It's one foot getting in bounds. It's one player running as crisp a route as possible or cutting it off a foot short. I mean, it's sometimes something that small. So even though it's not sexy when Jacoby Brissett says it's about execution, sometimes it really is. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. But at the same time, we're we're living in a world where every, you know, almost half the league is two and two. And and every one of those two and two teams can point to one or two plays in their two losses and say – if yep. we're 4-0. So, yeah, it is a fine line between 1-3 and three and 3-1. Three and one, but the fact of the matter is the 1-3s and threes haven't consistently made those plays in the 3-1s and ones half. We got to wrap. Before I do, I want your thought on something, okay? Okay. This is, this is really sad. Um, Adam the Bull sent this to us uh, this morning. This is, this is a tweet he saw on Twitter. Okay. Want to hear a sad Bears fact? Tom Brady has 23,996 career passing yards, 174 touchdowns in his 40s alone. That's 500 more yards and 20 more touchdowns than the Bears' all-time passing leader, Jay Cutler. Tom Brady playing only in his 40s would be the Bears' leading passer in team history. And here's the sad part, Aditi. That is awful for the Bears, but I looked it up, and he would also be the leader in yards and touchdowns for our Cleveland Browns in his 40s. Tom Brady has accomplished more than any quarterback in the history of the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Okay, so two points to that. 40s are a golden age. I think it's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm enjoying my 40s. Thank you very much. But the other piece to that is I bet Tom Brady right now would like his marriage to be intact rather than being the Browns 
or the bear is passing later. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. I don't know, man. I don't know. You talk, you, you <laughs> talk about Cam Hayward knocking his three-year-old out of the way if he had to to, uh, to to win a softball game. Tom Brady's wired differently than anybody I've ever known. I, 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 Maybe, Danny, I was but... the only one on the set who said, go home and be a dad, man. There's nothing else for you to accomplish. Hey. Just go home. Can Just we, go home. Yeah. Seriously, problem. you know, and I think that that's one of the big things, no matter how much professional success you attain at the end of the day, it's the people that you say good night to. It's your family. It's your home. That's your legacy. I'm your, with you. I'm your with you. Kids your family, your partner, and it's just ultimately at the end of the day counts for so much more. And I think that Tom Brady gets that. I really do. You know, when we heard him very, very honestly at training camp say, I'm 45 years old, there's just a lot of sleep going on. on. Like how many of us felt that? Yeah. And I don't know. I just... I've always really, really enjoyed him. I've, I've enjoyed every interaction I had with Giselle. Maybe right. there's a lot of um, smoke. We obviously don't know what's fully, yeah. truly going on, but I just wish them the best, yeah, obviously. As we all do, and you make some great points. Uh-huh. Didi, thanks. We'll see you next all right, week. bye, guys. Yep, we'll see, see you next Didi. week. I like what Aditi gives the tea. She was told she was going to tell me the tea. You lucky we ran out of time. We had, She had all the insides of Tom Brady. She wasn't going to spill anything. I, I was going to tell you. She wasn't going to spill Look, she got something, don't she? Jay? She does. I told you. But look, Tom Brady, I mean, so what's the difference between three or four or five or six or seven? He's the GOAT, yeah. period, yeah. end of discussion. And there's very few GOAT conversations that you can say there isn't somebody that's in the discussion. Right. It's just Tom at this point, but that dude still wants one thing, another ring. Mm. It's unbelievable. Um, Mikey. We got to do what the internet says before we take a break and bring okay. in our first guest. Whenever we tell you what the internet's saying, it's brought to us by our good friends at PCC Airfoils. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. Yeah, all three. Apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Ah, PCC. Ah, PCC. That's a great ad in the book. We, we actually have a view. You had, don't you have a, the, the video clip of Adam doing that? That's no, funny. but we have a – hey, Steve, we pull up one it, – it's the only video not labeled in today's folder. Eddie sent us one. C you know, his arm short. <laughs> he got a little alligator arm, a little rock and soccer robot. <laughs> My favorite is when he couldn't reach the trash can to throw hey, hold up. on. This is, this is from Eddie. I forgot to label this, but Eddie sent us a jingle for today. Uh, oh, he hey. did. PC, I'm powerful. PCC, back to the these guys are this nuts. Man is, These guys are nuts. Can we get him in here? I need to meet this man. He has, Eddie, Eddie got a t-shirt. I sent him a t-shirt. Uh, no, he, we, but he, we, we Bush is right. We do need him I in need, studio. We need him here. Has this, this guy ever missed a show that we've done? Ever. I'm not sure, but he's here all the time. We love Eddie. Great. Jingle. We love Eddie. Eddie, great jingle. Great, he's a great jingle man. He and is. he's clearly, how do you have field access? I'm a little concerned my, about my, that. My, that's <laughs> actually, now that I played that, are we legally allowed to show that? Because we're on Browns? <laughs> no, we're all going to prison. We're all going to Browns prison. McNuggets is worried about the security. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> he is ground level. How did too. bro get field access is uh, what I need to know he down right there. now. He's down there. He, down he sent there. me this a couple, I'm not going to lie, this a couple weeks ago. It's been in the queue. So this may be a preseason game. So maybe not as. Uh, he's still on the field. Still, he's on the yeah. field. I ain't never been on the field. 
<laughs> what you mean? And he's down there singing he jingles for the, the ultimate Cleveland sports yeah, team. He looks like, like, like he's in the first row. Yeah, I think he's row. in the first row. He's in the first row. And he's in the first row. All right, we got no, to that's the field, bro. That's the field. I saw the security guard. He'll clear it up. We got to answers real quick because then we got to bring Matt calling in. Yeah, Matt's here. Matt is in the building. What is one thing the Browns need to do Sunday in order to slow down Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense? We got a ton of answers. Some Keep him funny, from some touching serious. the field. <laughs> Flat and let's take, the let's take the first one. <laughs> let's see. Use the running game for long sustained drives to keep nope. the Chargers offense off the field. Boring run oriented football. Don't mm-hmm. get into a shootout. We will lose that battle. Let's see the next one. Put 15 guys in the field because <laughs> the 11 we have now aren't getting, getting it, done. it done. I think that's a penalty. Let's go to the next one. It's only a penalty if you get caught. This is the Brad Mead. Oh, I saw that yeah. during the game. Keep oh, yeah. them off the field. I have never seen an offense score a touchdown from the bench. <laughs> Bees Nuts answers all the time. Thank you, Bees Nuts, for that. Well, Kevin. And last but not least. Bees Nuts. Bees more nuts. tight end sweeps on fourth and short. Would really like to see the offense commit to this and not give up on it just because it didn't work once or twice. Real quick, every, this reminds me when LeBron was in Miami and the Cavs had Alonzo G when they were awful. Oh, <laughs> Byron, oh. Byron Scott was the head coach, and somebody asked Byron, what are you going to tell Alonzo on how to guard LeBron? He goes, we're going to get together, we're going to lay hands on him, and we're going to pray. <laughs> that's about what it was. So that's what the Browns need to do. Just get together, lay hands on him, and pray. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's take a break. And- yeah, we're going to take a break. Uh, Matt Collig is in the building. Hey. He's going he's gonna to take the middle chair when we come back. Hey. There he is. He is Cleveland's most interesting man. Ever. I'll guarantee you that. We're going to talk to Matt when the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show comes right back. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.